Father, there's no place that a Christ follower ought to be other than at the feet of you, our holy God, the one who loves us and demonstrated that love by sending Christ to the cross, the all-powerful one who demonstrated that power by rising from the grave. I pray now this morning that we would be on our faces before you as a sovereign of this universe, that we would hear what you have to say. Our prayer this morning is that you would take everything away except your voice. All distraction, the cares of this life, the burdens of our souls, that we might set them aside so that we would hear you this morning. Thank you for the privilege of coming together into your presence. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, folks. You can have a seat. I know Tom doesn't like this when I do this, but Tom wasn't up here, so I can do it. I just want to thank the band for leading us this morning in worship and and uh, I, I pick on Tom because he always says that. I don't know where he is. He's in here somewhere. I saw him earlier. But uh, <laughs> he doesn't like it because, you know, we don't want to take anything away from God. That's why we're here, to worship him and to direct our attention toward him. And we surely want to do that this morning. But I appreciate all the hard work that goes into preparation that goes into leading us into a song like that. That we would come and see who God is. And I'm grateful that we sang that song right before I came up to speak to you this morning because I really think that's the key to everything that we're talking about here in the series. We're talking about the promise keeper. We're calling God the promise keeper. In human relationships, the amount of confidence that we have in someone really depends on that person's track record of keeping their word and their character. And the only way that you can know what that is is by knowing the person. The more you know someone, the better you know them, the longer you've known them, the more aware you are of their character and their track record, whether or not you can trust them, whether or not they're going to keep their word. Now, Melody and I are in our 26th year of marriage. We got married very, very young. 26 years, or in the 26th year of marriage. Now, sometimes it still blows me away how much I don't know about her. <laughs> but we know a lot about each other. Been married for over 25 years. We've known each other for 36 years. I know that I can trust her. I know that when she says she's going to do something, she will do it. I have no doubt, no question. Now, Tim and I have also known each other for about 36 years, but for the past 14 and a half, we've been working together almost every day. And I know that if we talk about something, he says he's going to do something, I know he's going to do it, and I hope that he knows the same. But that doesn't come just because 
we meet each other and think we look trustworthy and decide to stake everything we have on it. No, it comes as a result of a relationship. I have a long-standing relationship with God. I've been walking with God for a long time, by far the majority of my life. We have a pretty good track record. We've spent some time together. Now, that may not be the case for you. In fact, you may be here this morning and say, I don't, I don't even know what a relationship with God is, so I know I don't have one. That's okay. We'll talk about that. Or you may be here this morning, you may say, well, I, I have a relationship with God, but it's a little shaky. <laughs> Hasn't been too good lately. Or maybe you just have a new relationship with God. Maybe you've recently come to understand what that means. You've recently trusted Christ as your Savior. I'm going to ask you to stick with me for the whole 30 minutes here because I'm going to come right back around to this point that we're at right now, how well we know God, okay? So we're going to circle all the way back around it. Because here's the thing, guys. God will keep his promises. Can I tell you this morning that God has never failed to keep his promise? And he never will fail to keep his promise. And in fact, that does not depend on you at all. Did you get that? God keeping his promises does not depend on you. Here's what happens sometimes, guys. We think, well, I don't have enough faith for God to do that. The Word of God tells us very clear that God will accomplish his purposes. And nothing will stop him from accomplishing them. We're calling God in the series, The Promise Keeper. And this morning, I want us to talk about this promise, the promise of answered prayer. Now, this one is an interesting one because we have verses like this, Mark eleven twenty four, that says, Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus talking, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. That's quite a statement, isn't it? This is Jesus talking. Whatever you ask, if you believe it, it will be yours. Now, I don't know if you guys have the same question that I have when I read that verse. But I think, okay, I see what I'm reading here. But how do I reconcile that with my life? Is there anyone in here who has ever prayed and asked God for something and believed that he could do it, but it hasn't happened? Has that ever happened to anybody? Oh, come on, guys. You're going to be jumping around tonight, screaming at the TV, just like me. You can give me just a little bit of that energy right now, okay, for the next 25 minutes. If you ever ask God for something and believe that he could do it and it has not happened? Yes, of course. Of course. 
You would not be human if you said no to that question. So how do we reconcile that? What's going on here? How do we make sense of a verse like this in the experience of my life, which is God has not given me everything that I have asked for? We wonder, is he, is he powerful enough to answer my prayers? Does he love me enough to answer my prayers? Does he even know what's going on in my life? Well, like we always do when we come to this point in our service, we need to see what God has to say about this. Because if there's one thing we have no shortage of, it's opinions, right? We all know what we think. We all know what we believe ought to happen, but we need to know what God has to say. And one of the most important passages in the Scripture on this subject is in 1 John chapter 5. And I want to read you three verses here. That's what we're going to look at in the next few minutes. 1 John 5, 13 to 15. The Apostle John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. I don't know why John does this. It must be just the way that his brain worked and the Holy Spirit worked within that and caused him to write the book of 1 John. But I find 1 John to be a little tongue twister-ish. If you have a few minutes sometime, read 1 John 1. He's back and he's forth and he's up and he's down and he's all the way around. And I feel like that a little bit here in these verses. But I want you to notice... A few things here as we walk down through them that I think are going to unfold this truth for us. In verse 13, first of all, I want you to notice that this promise, this promise of answered prayer is offered to Christ followers. I think that's really important for us to know. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Friends, listen to me for just a moment, okay? The only prayer that God hears from the one who is not his child, from the one who does not have a relationship with him, is the prayer of repentance or salvation. God wants to hear that prayer. He wants people to come to him, to submit themselves to him, and trust him for salvation. But that is the prayer that he hears from those who are lost. This promise that God hears us, that he answers us, is for his children. It's for Christ followers. That's what John says. I care about people. I care about people that don't know God. And I care about the things that are happening in their lives. But God is promising to hear and answer the prayers of his children. If you're here this morning and you do not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that's the prayer that you need to be praying. An admission of your sin and a gratitude for all that God has done 
and the sacrifice that Christ made for you, that you might become one of his children. And this brings about an incredibly important point. If you're writing things down, you might want to write this down. Prayer is about relationship, not requests. Okay? Prayer is about relationship, not requests. A 19th century writer and pastor and and theologian Oswald Chambers said it this way, whenever the insistence is on the point that God answers prayer, we're off track. The meaning of prayer is that we get a hold of God, not the answer. When I get on my knees before God and I say, God, this is what I need, this is what I want you to do, please do this, even if they're all good and right-meaning things, already my focus is off point. Why? Because I'm thinking about what I want. I'm thinking about what I need instead of focusing my attention on God. Let me show you what I mean. Look at verse 14. This is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Let's notice a few words here. Confidence, freedom, openness is what that word means. This is the freedom that we have toward God. This is the openness that we have toward God. Now, think for a moment, who do you have that with in your life? Who are the people in your life that you would say you have the freedom or the openness to go to them with something that's on your heart? Who do you have that with? The people that you know, right? The people that you know the best, whoever they are. Take a minute, think about who they are. Who in your life do you have the freedom, the openness to go to and pour out your heart? If you're married, a spouse, If you have adult children, perhaps your children, a very close friend, a mentor, you have freedom, you have openness with them because you know them. And the same is true with God, my friends. The better we know him, the better we understand his character and his desires, the more confidence that we have. Sometimes when I'm talking to people about this topic, talking about prayer, you know, I've been praying about this and I I just don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to ask. I, I don't know if God's hearing me. Most often it is because that person does not really know God that well. And coming before God without understanding who he is and what he loves and what he wants and his purpose is just like walking up to a stranger on the street and asking them for something. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they can do. You don't know if they care about you. And so the more we know God, the more we know about him, the more confidence, the more freedom, the more openness we have to come to him with our requests. This is the confidence that we have toward him. And here's the big word, right? That if we ask what? Anything. Anything. Wow. Anything? Really? That's kind of cool. 
This is where most people stop reading and hit their knees. Anything. Except we know, for those of us who are coming to know God in a deeper way, in a fuller way, on a continual basis, growing in our relationship, walking with him, we know that God is not a genie in a lamp. Here's the qualifier. We know that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Anything according to his will, well, what is God's will? That's the big question, right? Any of us who have loved God for any amount of time in our lives have asked that at least a thousand times. What is God's will? What does God want? Well, I want to answer that question for you today. This is a two for one. I'm going to talk about answered prayer, and I'm going to tell you what God's will is, okay? I know, it's exciting. (laughs) All right, here it is. What is God's will? 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Thank you, Mike. That clears it right up. Let's go back to answer prayer. Sanctification, if you have been with us at all, you know that we've come up with a kind of a simple definition for sanctification, and that it just means progression in holiness. It means that I'm becoming more like God, more like Christ in my actions, in my words, in my thoughts. This is God's will for you. And yes, I'm saying you. I'm not pointing at one person. I'm pointing at everyone because this is God's will for everyone who is his child, your progression in holiness. God wants more than anything else for you in your life right now, no matter who you are, no matter what's happening, no matter what junction you're at, what crossroads, what decision point, The thing that God wants for you more than anything else is that you become more like Christ. Is that you continue the process of turning away from the old way of living and turning toward a new way of living. That's what he wants more than anything else. So here's where I think that we run into problems tying this together with God answering our prayers. Let me ask you this question. Does what you are asking for make you more like Jesus? Does what you are asking for make you more like Jesus? Or does it make the person that you are praying for, because we're instructed to pray for each other too, right? And pray for other people. Does what you are asking for, for you or for anyone else, Make you or that person more like Jesus. You say, well, okay, Mike, that's good. I know you're a pastor. I get it. You stand up front. There's a bunch of people. You've got to say those kinds of things. But here's the thing. I've got to decide where to go to college. And I've got to decide what I'm going to take. Or I've got to decide if I'm going to marry this girl or this guy. Or my wife and I have got to decide where we're going to live. 
We've got to decide if we're going to buy a house or not. We're going to decide if we're going to buy that car or not. There's all these things, so you can't stand there and say that that's all that God cares about. Ah, you see, I know how you guys think. You're putting words in my mouth. I didn't say that was all that God cared about. I said it was the most important thing. That's different. God does care about where you go to college or what you take or who you marry or where you work or where you live or how you spend your money or whether or not you have children and how you raise them. He does care about all those things because the decisions you make in all those areas affect whether or not you are becoming more like Jesus. Does the person that you are dating, that you want to marry, does being with that person cause you to draw closer to Christ? Are they encouraging you to become more like him, to turn away from your old way of living and turn toward a different way of living? Is buying that house and spending that money Signing that note, is that causing you to draw closer to Christ or further from him? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves. Does what I'm praying for make me more like Jesus? Cause me, encourage me, challenge me to make those kinds of decisions. What are my motives here? Why am I asking for this? James said it this way in James chapter 4, verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. <laughs> now I know no one's ever done that here. I have, though. <laughs> I have asked for things selfishly. Here's the thing, guys. You know, when we think about that, we think, well, you know, I asked for the Porsche, <laughs> and that was selfish. <laughs> I mean, I could pick people up on the way to church, and that would be kind of good. But it's kind of selfish, so I, I understand what you're saying. That's easy pickings. But you know, it's possible sometimes to ask for things selfishly that are in themselves very good things. I bet there's a few of you here this morning that have prayed for a close friend or a loved one or a spouse or a child who was ill. And you prayed and you prayed and you asked God to heal them, to save them, to make them well. And he didn't do it.
okay, I get that I shouldn't ask for a Porsche. But asking for my child to be well? <sighs> Friends, here's the tough part. You know, oh, good. I thought the stuff we're already talking about was tough. Well, actually, that was easier than this part. Truly becoming a Christ follower who is growing more like Christ and walking in his will and not mine means that I say I am relinquishing my control. What little and probably fake control that I thought I had, I'm releasing it to God. I trust him. I told you that we were going to circle back to how well we know God. We're back here already. I didn't even think we were going to get here this fast, but we're back here. We're going to leave again and come back another time, but am I willing to do that? I think what John is saying here is this. We need to take our thoughts, our logic, our desires out of the equation and ask God for his thoughts, his logic, his desires. God, what is your will here in this situation? What is it that will cause me to love you and to trust you more? In this situation, what is it that will cause my faith to grow? Now listen, guys, I don't want you to think that I think any of this is easy. I don't think this is easy. I struggle with this stuff every day. Just because it's not easy doesn't mean that it's not the truth. And this is the promise that when we ask this way, he hears us. And verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. So, what do we know? He uses the word know here a few times. What do we know? Well, we know that we have an open door to pray and ask if we have a relationship with God. We know that when we ask according to his will, he hears. And we know that when he hears, he answers. So, the easy, short, simple answer to this question, does God answer our prayers, is what? Yes. That's the promise. God answers our prayer. And he is powerful enough to do what he wants. And he loves us enough to answer. I want you to hear this. That God wants nothing more than for us to trust him. He wants nothing more than for us to trust him. So when the answer doesn't come, or it doesn't come in the form that we're looking for, God is saying this, trust me, I'm doing what's best for you. I will always do what's best for you. I am not withholding good things from you. I am asking you to trust my plan for your 
life. And that is the hardest thing in the entire world, isn't it? I am asking you, God says, I am asking you to be patient. And trust me, I lied. I thought that was the hardest thing. This is the even harder. Be patient and trust. Asking you to be patient as I work out my plans. So this is how I want to close today. We have only scratched the surface of this topic. And I ask you to pay attention for 30 minutes and that's almost up. So I know I'm about to lose everybody. This is as far as we can go in this amount of time. But I do hope you know that the promise keeper does answer prayer. And I'm going to give you two challenges and a reminder, okay? Two challenges and a reminder. Here's the first challenge. Challenge number one, keep praying. Keep praying. Paul Miller wrote a book called A Praying Life. And listen to what he said and see if this sounds familiar, okay? He says, when God seems silent and our prayers go unanswered, the temptation is to leave the story, to walk away from God. But when we persist in a spiritual vacuum, when we hang in there, we get to know God, and that is how intimacy grows in every relationship. We've all experienced this since we were toddlers, right? We call it the pick up our toys and go home syndrome. If you don't do what I want you to do, I'm taking my stuff and I'm leaving. How childish. That's what we do. God seems silent. He's not answering. That's it. I'm out of here. Thought God loved me. Guess he doesn't. I'm done. So my first challenge is keep praying. Keep praying. Your persistence shows your faith in the promise keeper. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is speaking, and he says, ask. Here's another one of these verses we have a hard time reconciling with our own experience. Ask, and it will be given you. The actual Greek translation of that, we could say it this way. Ask and keep on asking. Don't give up. That's challenge number one. Here's challenge number two. Be thankful. Because we tend to think if God doesn't answer the prayer that we're on right now, that God isn't doing anything. And that God is gone, or he doesn't love us anymore. Or he's finished with us. So the second challenge is to be thankful. Be thankful for what God is doing. You're still his child. You still have a measure of health. You still have what you need. Take stock of what he is doing in his life, in your life. 
Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, Paul says it this way, Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Does anybody know the next two words? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How do we pray? We pray thankfully. We pray recognizing because, remember, we're in this process of coming to know God, to understanding who He is, and when we do that, we realize that it is only by God's prerogative that we even draw breath on this planet, my friends. And so when we pray, we must be thankful. Can I just say along with that that we need to Maybe be willing to examine ourselves and make sure there aren't any entitlement issues that are affecting how we receive God's answers. Because that's another thing. That's something that we can thank our world for encouraging us with, right? You deserve it. You deserve it. Whatever it is. No entitlement. Challenge one, keep praying. Challenge two, be thankful. Here's the reminder. Prayer is relational. Just remember, friends, prayer is relational. More than anything else, God wants you to come closer to him. He is inviting you into an intimate relationship. Last week, Tim started talking about this at the end. I figured he had broken into my office and stole my notes because that's how I was going to end. And he quoted the verse from James chapter 4 when it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Draw near to Him and He will draw near to you. That's what God wants. He is inviting you into this relationship. My friends, when I say prayer is relational, what I am also saying is that prayer is not transactional. Prayer is not transactional. Faith is not the divine currency that you pay to God to get what you want. You know the difference, right, between relational and transactional. When I go to Walmart and I come up to the checkout with my cart full of stuff, I pull up to the cash and I see the cashier there. I don't know her. I recognize some of them because I'm there a lot like you are, but I don't know her. She's not there to give me a deal. She's there to say, you need to give me this much money and I'll let you take this stuff out of the store. It's transactional. That's it. You give me this, I give you that. Prayer is relational. Because we have a relationship with God, He hears us and He answers Faith is the response of trust. I trust you, God. I trust you enough to live by what you say. I trust you enough to believe that if you say that this is what I need, then I need it and no more. And God knows that's tough. (laughs) Dean and I were just talking about this a minute ago. God pushes us. He pushes us past where we're comfortable because what he wants is for us to reach out and grab a hold of him. And God is saying to you, my friends, and he's saying to me, every day of our lives, he's saying, come closer. Lean in. 
trust me more, trust my timing, trust my plan. Will you let God have it all? Your life, family, finances. Will you trust the promise keeper to take care of you and to answer your prayers in the way that he sees fit? Because that's really the bottom line with this whole thing, this whole promise of God answering our prayers. Do I trust him enough to allow him to answer the way that he sees fit and to maintain our relationship and not go running off into the woods because he doesn't do what I ask him to? One of these days we're going to do one of these and it's going to be an easy one, okay? Not easy true what I love about God is that he tells us in his word who he is and what he will do and what his purpose is now we have to follow I'm going to ask you to stand if you would we're going to close with a song that I think is very appropriate for us at this point this juncture ask you to sing it with us I've probably read this before uh, to you, but it's appropriate for what we've been talking about. Tim Keller says it this way, God always gives us what we would ask for if we knew everything he knows. I can't see. I can't see it all. I think I can. I think I can see a whole lot. I think I know exactly what I need. (laughs) I can't see a fraction of what God can see. Because he loves us, He always gives us what is best because he knows. He knows what's coming. Father, we're here this morning and we're just, I am, I hope everybody is, I just am really honest that I struggle with this. I struggle with releasing everything about my life to you because I consider myself a pretty capable person. And that's how we're wired. We have this independence in us. We also have a sin nature in us that causes us to think about ourselves first. And it really messes us up when we come to this whole topic of prayer. We're asking you this morning, Father, that you would that you would reveal yourself to us so we might come to know you more carefully, more fully. I pray that for every individual that's here this morning, Father. May they know, may they know you. For those who have no relationship, that they might have one, that they might understand your great love and Christ's sacrifice and the salvation that is theirs by trusting. For the rest of us, Lord, we... We just, we want to come closer because we we need to understand you better so we can walk according to your purpose and, and remind us that your will is our sanctification. These are all difficult things, Father, and we don't presume to be able to do them perfectly, but it's our desire, it's my desire. And I pray that you'll continue to work on these things in our hearts throughout this week. May we not soon forget 
what we have heard by your voice here today. Thank you, Father. We do love you, and we, we are grateful for all that you have done in our lives. Pray that you will just continue to walk with us. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, folks. Good to see you. Have a great week.